Welcome to Bucks Insider Live. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. We got another W to talk about. Always makes this show more fun. So many things have happened in the last week, including a lot of roster moves. So let's go ahead and start by uh, kind of running down the list yeah. of all of that. Who, who plays for the Bucks currently? Yeah, Tell me all the things going on. Put me through the gauntlet here. I let's see if I can Just get it right. List it all. Okay. Go ahead. Active or two injury reserve, the unfortunate part. Josh Wells, the tackle, and uh, Giovanni Bernard, mm-hmm. running back, who got his ankle hurt on a special teams play. Um, and then added to the active roster, uh, oh, also, uh, unfortunately, Mike Evans was suspended and his suspension yes. was upheld despite his appeal. So three spots to fill, and they all came from the practice squad in DeAndre Sinat, the def- defensive tackle, Kalen Geiger, the wide receiver, and Kenny Young, the inside linebacker. And then to fill their spots on the 60 man practice squad, we added Khalil Davis, who's a returning guy that we drafted in the sixth round a couple years ago. Um, this is where you got Cole me. Beasley. Cole Beasley, that's the big one, right? And, uh, and an offensive tackle named Justin School. Yes. So I think probably, other than the fact that Mike Evans was suspended and a couple guys went on IR, probably the big name there that everybody's interested in is Cole Beasley. Yes. Because it's another option for Tom Brady in the passing attack if a lot of these guys remain injured. Now we know Mike Evans isn't going to play. Chris Godwin and Julio Jones did not practice again on Wednesday. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens today if either of those guys are any closer. And even Brashad Perryman and Scotty Miller are, are on the injury report. I would suspect they will play. But it's a little worrisome. So, you know, we've already gone through all of our wide receiver depth. We're promoting guys from the practice squad. We're bringing in Cole Beasley. But this is a guy that had 82 catches in each of the last two seasons. I'm sure he has something left in the tank. Yes. And the funny thing about the whole situation was I think everybody assumed that Tom Brady was stumping to bring in Cole Beasley, Cole Beasley and reached out to him. And Cole himself said, actually, he was the one who had been hitting up Tom Brady <laughs> on Instagram. So, That's great. Yeah, so he saw an opportunity here. and it makes, in them DMs. Right? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, I guess it worked. Yeah. And it, honestly... He, he probably is the guy that can give you what I'd call like easy layups. He, he works mostly out of the slot, and we haven't had a lot of that in the first two games. We had a lot of those last year, especially with Chris Godwin. So without Chris Godwin, there's not a lot of those quick passes mm-hmm. out of the slot. And, it, you know, three, three practices to get ready is a lot to ask. Maybe he won't play this game. Maybe he will. He'd have to be elevated or signed to the active roster first. But... It's a guy that you can see he could probably step in pretty quickly and give you some nice quick passes to move the chains because the Bucks have had a little bit of trouble on third downs so far. Yeah, and of course it's it's great that the team is 2-0, but I know that the offense feels like they have left a lot out on the oh, field. Sure. And yeah, there have been a lot of issues in you know finishing in the red zone, mm-hmm. getting into some third and long situations. Not and, converting third and one. Yeah, not converting one. some of those third and fourth downs. So what are the biggest things you feel like offensively they're going to be looking for and how maybe some somebody like a Cole Beasley can help, but overall just the, the things that you know going into this next week the offense is really focusing on? Well, I think they're going to continue to try to, uh, and I don't want to use the word bounce because Byron Leftwich specifically said he's not concerned about balance like 50% rushing and passing it's more about being multiple Mm -hmm. and having different ways that you can win the game based on what your personnel is at personnel is at the time and what the defense is doing and what you need to do and you saw in in the New Orleans game the Buccaneers ran 33 times I think Leonard Fournette had the his highest uh, number of carries in a single game as a Buccaneer we ran on first down 17 of 23 times if you count the two kneel downs otherwise 15 of 21 
that's a way different offensive approach than we've seen in the first two years with Tom Brady here, but I think it's by necessity at the moment, and I think they will continue to try to ride Leonard Fournette as much as possible. He runs hard, he sets a tone, and even in the New Orleans game where mostly uh, most of his first down carries weren't going for a lot, I mean, overall, when it was all said and done, the formula worked. Right, yeah, and you can check out here, this is percent of the rush plays. Yeah, so these are the six games since Tom Brady's been here in the regular season that the Bucks had the highest percentage of rushing plays, and two of the six are these first two games. So it's, a, it's a clearly a different approach. Now, I know all about the fallacy of causality. So lots of times... If you're, you're blowing ahead, somebody away, yeah. you run a lot. And that's the case in that Packers game that's at the top. That was the 38-10 to 10 game. And, yes, all of these games are victories, but I don't want to say too much of the correlation between running a lot. And, right. and But in the first two games of this season, they have been close basically – throughout most of it. I mean, we pulled away a little bit against Dallas, but the New Orleans game was 3-3 into the fourth quarter, so that wasn't running because you were ahead. That was running as a game plan. Right, and then thankfully, even though the offense has had a few stumbles along the way or not converted in a lot of the situations they've wanted to, defense has made that okay. They have really stepped up in some huge ways, not just making stops, but producing things like sacks and turnovers and really game-changing plays. What has impressed you the most so far with them? I had somebody during training camp tell me, and somebody that if I said their name you'd be impressed by, uh, that they know what they're talking about, that there's going to be days, this games this season where they think the defense is going to be carrying this team, which is was kind of a bold statement given that the Bucks' offense has been so unbelievably explosive, the highest scoring one in the league over the two years that Tom Brady's been here. But I think we're seeing that that's right. Now, I'm not saying there aren't going to be some more of those explosive days, but we've already had a couple, and I think we'll have more, where the defense is carrying this team. And what you have is a lot of players that have grown up together in Todd Bowles' systems, Mm -hmm. under Todd Bowles, learning from him, learning together, and a couple new additions. But I think you're seeing all of them really communicating well Mm -hmm. and working well as a team, and and knowing what they're supposed to do. And that is what is allowing Todd Bowles to dial up a lot of really creative stuff. So um, you, you'll see, like, I, Rondé Barber broke down a play in his, his video this week on the website of the blitz that, that got Levante David to the quarterback. It ended up being a penalty, but right. it probably shouldn't have been, but whatever. I don't want to get fined. <laughs> That's just my opinion. But things are working out well, uh, and I think a lot of it has to do with these creative uh, pre-snap disguises, mm-hmm. and Todd Bowles is able to do those because everybody knows what they're doing. And, and what you end up with is this. Um, Bucks have the most sacks in the league so far, wow. tied for third in takeaways, tied for second, 25% third down conversion. That's fantastic. Wow. And yards per pass play allowed. And I think that was big because you, you look at that, that New Orleans game, and Jameis Winston completed a decent number of passes, but nothing deep until that one where the guy fumbled at the end. But um, they're able to put a cap on what opposing offenses are able to do. They're not getting big plays. And then specifically the pass rush. I mean, that yeah. that has been a huge part of those disguises and the result of it. And it is just so fun to watch and see all of a sudden Devin and Levante step up and then they drop back and then yeah, they go yeah, and you, you, yeah, can just, exactly. you can just see the, you know, the offense coming? is like Antoine Winfield's in the slot, yeah. Mike Edwards is blitzing from way over here. It's it's incredible. You never know what anybody's going to do. So what are the biggest things that you've seen out of the pass rush and the ways that it's really setting up different guys for success yeah. and, and some of the stats coming out of that from not only a team standpoint but an individual standpoint? Well you mentioned Devin White and um, in two seasons ago was when he had 9.5 or 9 sacks then last season it dropped to like 3 well, he's already up to three after two games, and I think, as he told us during the offseason, that's probably a product of him, you know, really honing his approach mm-hmm. and, and maybe not going in, maybe slowing down just a little bit so he doesn't run past the play. 
sorry, he has three sacks. But the guy that I really want to highlight is Shaq Barrett because I think he's off to one of his best starts yet. Which is saying, saying something, yeah. yeah. I mean, he has been just absolutely in the backfield nonstop through these first two games. He only, ha only has two sacks, but he also has 11 quarterback pressures. You see the forced fumble there. Uh, according to NFL Next Gen Stats, uh, Shaq Barrett has the most turnovers caused by pressure wow. since the start of 2019, which is when he got to the Buccaneers. And he did it against, against James there. But overall, even though the sack total doesn't blow you away after two games, there's two of them. If you see his quarterback pressures there, uh, according to NFL Next Gen Stats, he's tied for the second most in the league. And, I mean, that's a pretty – look at that list. Those are premier pass rushers. Wow. And he has proven through the last four years that he is one of the league's premier pass rushers. And yet I feel like he doesn't get the attention of a lot of the other Yeah, guys. I don't think he gets anywhere near the attention of, say, Miles Garrett or, or yeah. Joey Bosa. But he's doing it. For he's doing us, it at the same, doing it same really level well. for yeah. sure. Um, you know, we, as we talk about this defense, there's a, we have a question here from Richard that I thought was interesting. He said, in the first two games, which player has really taken their game to another level the most? He suggests either Jamal Dean or Antoine Winfield. Those, were then, the, those would be the two I would have Yeah, and then he also said, or other. So, yeah, th those are the two I you mean, would have. We just talked about Shaq, but I don't think it's another level because right, he's kind of been doing this. he's already at that level. Yeah. Uh, and I think at some point maybe the answer might be Joe Trionchenko. Mm -hmm. And we've seen a couple really splash plays but really the big numbers aren't there yet but Antoine Winfield and I think you can back me up here I've been predicting big things for Antoine since early in training camp. Yes. I think the role that they have him in now is just optimizing all of his talents and he already has a sack and he already has an interception yeah. and he's just been all over the field and think about how good the past defense has been how good the coverage has been and you think of Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis and you expect that but this is your basically your free safety from last year that you're putting him at nickel he's a cornerback yeah in the in the nickel and teams are in the nickel 60 65 70 percent of the time depending yeah, upon the game big deal so Antoine Winfield is essentially proving that he can play cornerback nickel cornerback in the NFL yeah that's, that's pretty amazing. that's pretty cool that is incredible and if anyone was going to be able to do that, it was him. Because the moment he came in, they talked about his maturity and his football IQ. Yeah. That all those years of watching tape with his NFL dad <laughs> yeah. really paid off. Where he is a guy that was going to be prepared to take yeah. on different roles. And, I mean, we've talked even about how not only how often they're in the nickel, but how important that nickel spot is in this defense and how yeah. what all they're asked to do that it is not just a straight even cornerback role that like we just talked about people are all of a sudden they're they're stunting they're this they're that they're, they're like they're blitzing. just yeah they're blitzing they're asked to do more than just cover this guy well and one thing to add to what you're saying uh, one of the things they're asked to do is run support mm. and uh, for a long time that nickel corner in the Bucks defense has needed to be a guy that can give you good run support and he's one of the Bucks best tacklers Todd Bowles said that yesterday so um, you have him up there near the line of scrimmage and if the runs come in his way he's basically a linebacker and, and again I keep saying it but Todd Bowles said that yesterday when you play in that spot you have to be a little bit of a corner you have to be a little bit of safety you have to be a little bit of a linebacker because in some situations basically your role is what a linebacker would do mm -hmm. and there's not a lot of guys in league that are versatile enough to be able to do all that and good enough tacklers and they can cover but they're stout and strong and sure tacklers as well and it's just there's not a lot of those guys and I think the Bucks really 
made a good draft pick a few years ago. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I'll, I would have agreed with the Winfield pick, but I'll just kind of go to the other one just to give the argument for Jamel Dean being the most improved. I actually just talked to him yesterday for the radio pregame oh, cool. show, and he always gives very honest and, and good answers. He yeah, does. he thinks about it a lot. And um, I talked about what what is the big thing that you feel like has led to this production and to earn that starting okay. outside role. And he talked about how especially this offseason, he really put in a lot for the mental side okay. and that he specifically talked to both offensive and defensive coaches to be able to understand Ooh. both sides. Okay. That he would even talk to the offensive guys about tell me what they're doing against me okay. to really give me the new What are they looking at for thorough. me to do? And he said he felt like this was just such a reward for the way he went above and beyond this offseason compared to what he's maybe done before to try to understand all sides of things. And you could tell he was like proud of Good. He felt like, yeah, I put in that extra work and I'm seeing that it was worth it. Totally reminds me of when he basically made his first start or first chance to play a lot against Seattle in his rookie season. And while he had five passes defense, there were some plays that he wanted to have back. Yeah. And then the story was he went to Todd Bowles and like show you know they Help he asked me. to watch mm -hmm. more, a lot more film with him and the next game he he had like the game clinching pick yeah, because incredible. he knew exactly what the route was going to be one of the funny things about uh, Jamel is yesterday Todd Bowles was asked about him and was complimenting him on his interceptions in that Washington, in that New Orleans game and he was saying that he made some nice plays he's like they just he just doesn't catch the ones thrown right at him. So yeah. like, we just have to ask the other quarterbacks. Don't throw, don't throw right it right at him. A little, little yeah. over I mean, here. Little level over of difficulty here. needs to be high, and then that's he makes great. the play. He's like, I need a challenge. I don't <laughs> want just these easy ones. All right, well, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Bucks Insider Live. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back here next week.